Grounded Radio is a podcast on creativity, well-being, personal growth, and spiritual journeys. The ladies of Grounded embark on a journey of what it means to be our most authentic self and lead a well-balanced life. Be inspired and tune in to the raw conversations that bridge our human connection and raise our frequencies. This is Grounded Radio. Hello, beautiful beings. You are now tuning in to the Grounded Podcast, where we share your well-being, art, and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire. This is Bianca. And this is Marika. And we're coming at you from our very own homes in Metro Manila. On today's podcast, we are happy to have a multimedia artist, performer, director, and surfer, and poet, who teaches audio production at the De La Salle College of St. Benilde's School of Design and Arts. He's a passionate human being who believes in the power of consciousness, is very in touch with nature and the world around us, a fantastic musician who sings, raps, plays all kinds of instruments, and is one of the best live loopers I know. He survived a near-death experience in 2018 from a surfing accident, but has recovered and still exudes so much positive energy and light that he will be sharing with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for J.M. Kiblat! Hello, hello, hello. J.M., we are so blessed to have you on the show, living and breathing and going strong in general. How are you, dude? I am good. I'm alive. You are alive. (laughs) And chilling safely in the south of Manila. Amazing. So glad to hear that. I had no idea you were into spoken word poetry, but I saw that video you posted recently on your on that piece, Renaissance. Really trippy yeah. stuff. Very strong Eminem vibes, especially <laughs> towards the end. If you guys want to know what I'm talking about, just search Renaissance JM Kiblat on YouTube. But before we talk about your many, many talents and creative projects, I feel like everyone listening is curious to get a first-hand account, or at least Marika and I really, really are of your surfing accident and the events that followed. We've heard about it from friends in the surfing and local arts community and read a few pieces written online, but could you tell us in your own words what happened from your point of view on October 4, 2018, when you were on that surf trip in General Nakar in Quezon? Well, I had to listen to it from the accounts of my friends. Basically, we went out to General Nakar. It's South of Belair, we were there for a couple of days um, surfing and it was sundown in General Nakar and basically the whole crew, surfing the whole day, right, practically went back to shore already and it was just me and my friend Migs, we were the last two. I wanted to catch one more wave and then so just the two of us went out. By that time, the tide was getting close to low tide so it was getting shallow and dangerous so according to Migs's account there was a a 15 foot wave that ate me up ate both of us up what yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to trying to imagine that right it's like 15 foot and then um that's really that's a huge wave it's kind of scary 15 yeah. feet is no joke yeah I, I can't believe it either, but and that was rare, right? I mean, there's no it it, it wasn't norm. It's not normally fifteen feet waves that you're surfing, or w- were the waves really that crazy at the time, or it came out of nowhere? No, I, I you'd be surprised that, but there are some spots that get pretty pretty gnarly. Right. Um, I think during that during that season there was a, a typhoon, so the the 
the waves got pretty big during that that time according to according to mix in them but um yeah so basically yeah uh it ate, ate both of us up and then mix told me he's like when he when he looked up he couldn't find me right and then when you're surfing it's constant sets they constantly come right so the waves attack so mix basically when he when he stabilized he saw me like uh he saw my, my body pop up and then so he paddled towards me butin along one of the one of the friends that i was with si justin was actually a lifeguard so he's this he's just like he's six he's a six foot californian surfer who, and he was the only one who knew cpr so by the time that migs got to me justin was ready almost ready to basically it's like a relay race so when when migs got me he passed me on to justin then justin also had to paddle back to the shore with me holding holding my body basically because i was i was gone right oh funny funny story migs was able to find my body because he felt my hair under the water he thought it was seaweed but then he felt something like he, <laughs> So that that's why my 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 parents said okay you can keep your hair because it saved your life. Nice. Wow. So because um, your hair was floating in the yeah, water, exactly. so he just grabbed it. So he 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 was blindingly like he was reaching reaching out, but then he felt something like seaweed, and he felt okay. This has weight, and then okay, that's that's okay. That's it. That's it. And then makes pass me to Justin. Justin went to the shore, and this is this is this is critical because he was able to um. Administer CPR within. There's something I learned in in the in medical medical city, but the brain can be without oxygen for like I don't know. It's something like something like f- five minutes or something before permanent brain damage. Okay. So he was he was able to to um get my my heart pumping. So once it, once we got a pulse, booting along like two pickup trucks, Rav four in a pickup truck, and then um ran out of there and then. We went to a like a, a a provincial clinic, which was actually like kind of overbooked, like like one doctor to like to like thirty people or something. They were able to help because they they did give a nurse and a an ambulance, basically another van. Take note, this was this was in the evening, right? Because it was sundown when the accident happened. So we were driving through night. It was off road. And, and scary. <laughs> no, this this is a cool this is a cool a cool thing that um Justin mentioned. He was with me in the back of the truck, right? And and then he noticed something because he Justin is like a he's like a naturalist. He's kind of a, a geek. He's he's a he's a surfer, but he's he he knows like nat nature and stuff. He noticed he noticed a tree that was filled with fireflies, and it was wow. like. Yeah, it's pretty like strange and kind of miraculous, but never seen anything like it. But he remembered that because, um, yeah, because he's never seen anything like that. So they're on the way back to um Manila from so from that provincial hospital. It was another uh, I don't know, like few hours away to to medical city, and then Butin Lang, my my cousin is one of the doctors in medical city they were able to um to organize a meet up at a gas station so from medical city they we met at the gas station in somewhere in 
in Rizal, I think. So they transferred my body from from the pickup truck, transferred it into a proper uh, medical city ambulance, and then yeah, emergency medicine. So that's when they that's when the, there's a video on the on the medical city website. Then that's what they did all the all the procedures. So there, and then from there we went back to uh, medical city, and then yeah, I guess that's. That's what happened. Of course, like I said, everything is um, first-hand accounts through stories. I only personally, I just remember like waking up in the room now. But um, yeah. Amazing. I have two questions. Yeah. First, did you see the fifteen-foot wave coming your way, or was it kind of just? I don't know, because when you're surfing, you kind of look back, right, to see what's coming, and then mm. you ready yourself. Did you? Did you not see the wave? Did it come out of nowhere? That's a good question because in terms of memory, like all of my short-term memory from the wave, I don't remember anything from that day, I think, even until from point of accident until maybe even a few weeks. Like like um, my friend told me, oh yeah, I saw you uh, this time in, uh, no, in the gas station, whatever. I was like, oh, I don't remember that. I have another friend who said, yeah, I went to your house. Like, what? I don't remember that. So there's there's definitely a point of uh, blackout in terms of memory. And I only remember, um, yeah, maybe 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 a few weeks before the accident or something. There's like a, there's a gray area between then. I mean, to be, on, to, to be honest between you and me, I wish I remembered the wave. But yeah, I don't remember anything from that day. Got it. Sounds like a lot. And secondly, I wanted to ask if your cousin happened to be on duty at the time or someone just reached out to your cousin and then was able to organize this whole pickup. No, yeah, no. Um, CJ is really a uh, doctor there in Medical City. Synchronicity, then, man. Yeah, super, super dude. And then um, I think I had, like, to be, to be honest with you, it was like, it was, I think, around... 15 doctors that had to like from a from a from a stomach doctor to I know there's a lot there was a lot of uh, doctors that had to like akonaman parang whoa that's a lot because it was it was kind of scary out there was this thing called PSH parasympathetic hyperactivity it's basically they had to they had to tie me down because I was convulsing so then they had to um they pumped some meds so even like like morphine didn't work some of these medications didn't work and what they found was it's like it's a sensory thing so the the slightest sound will be exaggerated times 1 million for example so like sight or or the faintest light will be exaggerated also so you you can you can you can see how like my my body would be like you know convulsing and overreacting to these things so that's when they had to like tie me down and and like i like to be honest i still have like marks from the from from when i when i hit the bars of the bed or whatever because i was like um convulsing and stuff so yeah it was kind of heavy (laughs) and then um yeah um I came like that's the number one question question that everyone has is like, okay, 
do you remember anything from the other side or whatever? But um, I mean, I do remember some like friends visiting and some physical therapy and stuff like that. But then like I came, I came into like consciousness. Maybe it was maybe around late November to like December. That's that's when I was like, okay, all right. Okay, I'm here in this room. It was in the final room because I was in like several rooms. And then I came into consciousness that I remember in in the final room. So maybe that was around December-ish. Wow. And um that's months in a coma. Yeah. And yeah. time time in space like like it's super hectic like like number one question is like okay, what do you remember from the other side, right? But it was like, it was pure chaos. Like, like no sense of time and space. It was like, you just want to just to get out of there just because of, um, that's, that's the feeling for me at least. Like, uh, waking up and seeing familiar faces was like, okay, okay, I want to stay here because it was, that's all, that's all I can feel basically it's just like it was it was um chaotic it was very short circuit because yung brain basically so um yeah and I have oh, a question. another oh yes go so like you were saying where you were time and space was chaotic chaotic and you mm. were in a coma for a few months and when people come out of comas they I mean there are people who have accounts of seeing a white light or seeing God or going to heaven and back or having a conversation yeah. with God or supernatural or spiritual experiences. Did you go through any of that or anything similar? Yeah, so there was one memory I remember just just because it was so calm because it was. Chaotic, about chaos, time, space, chaos, chaos. But then suddenly I remember this calm. Like I was just like floating and it, it, it just, this just very peaceful. And then I was like, floating and, the, and, and there's these um, like points of light, kind of like stars or something. And I'm, it could be like, um, I, I'm moving towards the, the brightest star. So I, I, I sense, wow. so, yeah, super trippy. And then, um, I, I, I am going towards the, the brightest star, but then suddenly some, it's kind of strange because suddenly I see myself on the hospital bed and it got, and then it got really, um, really, really trippy from then. So parang the, Parang the, dude, this the, is all trippy, okay? But yeah, dude. wow, that's extra trippy. It, was it like astral projection? You were floating on the ceiling, or from another point of view? Could be. That's what that's what people say. Astral projection, but yeah, I mean, I saw myself on the hospital bed, and then suddenly, I do have, I do have. Suddenly, I have memories of like. I was in like a sepia tone movie. Everything was like sepia tone. I was listening to old records, and then, and then like um, yeah. I mean, there's still there's still a bunch. Like to be honest, I kind of I kind of like, I kind of want to write all of this down yeah, and put it in a book. You should. 
I, so, yeah. I can't even imagine because you were in a coma for months and you said that time and space was chaotic, but how, like, what did time feel like? Did it feel like you were away for months or did it feel like you were away overnight? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, like I said, it's like, it's a reset. Like, my sense of time got deleted. Parang I just woke up and kind of reset everything, basically. When you woke up from your coma? Yeah, so the first memory that I, I got, I got basically, I was in the, in the final room. So that was maybe around um, November, December. So yeah, I mean, it's... Time and space was kind of um, trippy. It sounds tiring. It sounds tiring very, floating very. around, chaotic. So were you tired all the time? And were you aware that you were in a coma? Right. Actually, that that's interesting that, that you mentioned that because my um, my metabolism, so it's like a high metabolism. So they basically, it's like my body was working double time to, um, to heal, basically. So they had... The doctors they had to pump me with all of um there's this thing where they had to the pump the um the nutrients straight into my my system or something because it it was like the the brain food or something it, it, i don't know i remember it because my my parents were going through the the different things and they, okay this this stuff was the expensive stuff or whatever it, because it it the it it directly um, affects the um, the cerebral system stuff like so that. So like fuel for your brain? Something like it, yes, exactly. You could say that. And then, um, yeah, like one one funny thing that my, my dad told me was when um, we were in the, in the hospital, right? Then suddenly the doctors came to the room and and when i started talking he not only my dad could notice that but he noticed my accent was the accent i had when i was in grade school so it's like a super a strong californian accent and only only my dad kind of noticed that it's like it's, it's somehow like my brain kind of re- reverting back into the to the to the to the era of my childhood or something so that's an interesting um observation at least from my dad but of course okay. your dad would know because he's seen you yeah. grow up and those slight nuances exactly exactly oh so i read that you suffered from status epilepticus is that am i saying it right a continuous think so, yeah. state of yeah seizure with a high mortality rate so yeah. apparently, those who suffer from this condition don't recover because the longer the time of the seizure, the heavier the toll on the brain. Since you had to be paralyzed by doctors um, by inducing hypothermia, were you conscious at any point? So you didn't feel any pain, you just felt like you were floating in that chaotic kind of realm? Because you know how we hear about people who undergo surgery in the movies and despite having been given like anesthesia and all these things, they're still conscious and you still feel the pain. Or did, were you pain-free or did you feel any discomfort? No. Um, yeah. So I think that status epilepticus is basically 
when I was also convulsing and and also like right. things like that. So personally, I do not remember basically anything from that time. But I guess it's I guess it manifests in like um crazy <laughs> dreams or something. Like I said, it was pure chaos. But I was not fully aware. I was not conscious. It was um It's like a dream. Yeah, I was yes, exactly. It was I was on the other side, so to speak. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. How has this accident affected or how has it impacted your faith in God or the universe? Has it changed your spirituality at all? Has it, how has it, has it brought you closer to God? Has it brought you further away? Yeah. How do you look at life now? Good question. Um, it's funny because, like, my my own my own dad mentioned while he was, while while he was he was actually abroad when the accident happened, and he couldn't sleep, and then but he remembered that on the plane back, it's like, he my my dad is Opus Day, so so mm-hmm. Jose Maria appeared to him, and he said, oh. You named your son after me, Jose Escriva. Oh, do you think do you think I will I will I will let let him let him let him go like that? So I was like, then he he re- he, re- he became very calm after that. It gave wow. him kind of like strength. That's and cool. and actually, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. And um, yeah. So right now there's 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 a picture of Jose Escriva right here in the in nice the <laughs> and, watching and the, over you. Yeah. <laughs> And all over, and I, I mean, I'm more of like a hippie dude. I, I believe in God and and stuff. But now I, there's a, there's there's no um. There's no doubt that yes, to me there there is no um. It's like you can't not believe, believe. in God, and right. and, and a higher and, uh, power. Yes, exactly, and um, yes. And for me, it's more of like every day when when I wake up, it's like I've learned at least for the past couple of years now since the accident, it's like I've learned to wake up and have gratitude basically for for every day, and um, and have gratitude for every small thing. So I guess that for me is the biggest take away is to have more gratitude in everything that is such a great reminder thank you for reminding all of us and what was recovery like for you building your strength back up and working to do basic tasks right so so i give i give my talks right to to for example to the students in southridge so basically it's like First stage is the Captain America stage because I was like frozen, right? Yeah. I was frozen stage, cryogenically free, um, chilled. Super soldier. <laughs> exactly. Just just to make sure that all of my my vital organs are um, chilled out, basically. And then also after that, I had to relearn everything. So. I, I I went through this goldfish stage, you can call it, because basically it's like my my short term memory is basically like I couldn't um 
remember stuff basically so it's so so i was like a baby like learning how to learning how to remember things learning how to sit up sit up on the bed learning how to um breathe even wow. like because they have um like i have this uh they they put like a tracheal thing for so that i can breathe basically um so i had to my nurse had to teach me how to breathe through the nose only and then through the the mouth only so that that was like okay i had to learn stuff like that then i had physical therapy so learning how to sit up stand up walk and then i had occupational therapy so learning how to like um balance small chairs on top of each other so that i can get back into my occupation and then so once that was done then i could move back home so i moved back here to my 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 family's house around yeah, around december na. but during that time i was still under medication so um the medications would would basically chill chill me out because i would still tend to like i would tend to get like uh, i oh that this is what we call the incredible hulk stage because because there would um i would basically turn into a, a brat like piss me off a little bit and i'd be like I like break break smash things and it was it was not pretty I'm not proud of it but yeah I was basically a giant brat like social breaks like they called it social breaks how to control your social emotions breaks. in so it's so like, like your emotional quotient got low again you it's like yes, you're a child exactly. you don't know how to process your emotions exactly, so you just exactly. throw a tantrum yes yes Unfortunate. It must have been also challenging for your family. Little bit, little bit. I gotta thank my family for, to, for taking care of me again as a baby. <laughs> and um, yeah. That sounds like a long and arduous process and journey. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. How did you feel about surfing? Did you even not want to think about it since the accident? Or have you actually gone surfing since then? For me, like like I said, all of the all of the surfing related uh, memories rather were basically deleted from the accident. So basically, it's all like for me, I I can't I I want to go surfing again. I wish I remembered that wave. I wish I remembered everything. But um, yeah. So like last year, um, some of uh, Cinna Migs and Justin, that that crew. Um, same crew <laughs> yeah the crew um i i went with them i i tagged along with them on a couple of trips but yes my my balance back then was not 100% right now i would say it's closer i can, i can sort of balance on like a indo board a little bit but but last year medyo delicado ba so i i mean just tagging along to the beach was was awesome enough for me to be in the in the ocean it baby was steps. yes baby steps but yeah i mean today like i i'm i'm doing calisthenics body weight exercises and um yeah i mean to be honest i i want to get i kind of want to get 
yoga teacher training so that I can possibly live in Bali or something. I don't know. That sounds like a Maybe great steps. plan. Awesome. <laughs> I have a funny question. Mm. So you know how you sort of lost some memories and you're you're trying to jog your memory or there are things that you have yeah. to relearn. It's like you're from a blank slate. Like, could it... Mm. Are there things that were traumatic that you've been through maybe a hard breakup like being heartbroken or things that developed while you were growing up that caused you anxiety that now you don't remember um like being heartbroken for example um okay well funny that you mentioned heartbroken because and and you mentioned renaissance a while ago because that video was that video i made was actually a me getting over a breakup Cause that was a oh. that was a that was a serious five year like live in relationship. So that's a but, long time. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that, that's a seriously long time, right? So yes. um, creating that that spoken word hip hop thing was actually cathartic, and um, yeah, and, and I'm we're, I'm actually good friends with that person, and it was very uh, healing. And yeah, like like I said, it is that is an outlet, I guess. Art create, creating um, songs and music, and and that is that is what it is. So so just just mm-hmm. to clarify, you didn't forget about that. No, that no. coming back out of the coma, your past heartbreaks before before the accident. You still remember them. You still remember the emotion, and yeah, it has to, to be honest. Disappeared the, from the, your memory. Yeah, for sure. To be honest, wow. that the su- the subject of that of the Renaissance, the subject of that that video, actually visited me while, while I was I was in a coma. Oh, so it was I was actually it was all it's all good, and um, like I said, I like uh, I like the the good relations with you know with with everyone and that's just amazing i just find it amazing that from all the memories you've lost or that are that need to be uh sparked again that that one like the feeling of you know being heartbroken or a romance like never went away yeah i think it's it's uh, it's valuable i think i think in um in, in 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 a in experience of it's in the human experience i think those those um painful um experiences are important as well for our growth and uh yeah it makes for good music <laughs> it does great art right? the best <laughs> the best um source best. of inspiration do you do you have any advice for people who are undergoing a similar situation right now maybe someone has a loved one that has no reassurance that they'll be waking up from a coma i think for me it it really boils down into uh to faith and basically that because when when you have no other uh choice you you can't do you have no actions to do no plans no you know there really is nothing you can do at a point except to really have faith that you know things will look up and 
that's why I said uh, my my faith in the my spirituality you could say uh, actually developed because of that so every morning waking up gratitude mindfulness and yeah faith fun fact for those who don't know jm actually directed my music video guide <laughs> for pico de loro resort that was one of my first official jobs as a musician and i'm so happy that you directed it because you were like one with the beach and then you would go to these locations and find strange angles and just be like stand there do this and i was like okay trust that was Derek. fun that was fun that so was fun. fun it holds a very special place in my heart and in my memory that's how we met but if i'm not mistaken you messaged me a few weeks ago and you were like no marika's sister brie brought you to one of my house parties <laughs> that i threw before so i'm not sure about that like i'm not sure which is which but i do know you've been trying to recover a lot of memories as of late yeah. how's this process been is there anything you've uncovered lately that has shocked you that you forgot like you said your friend saw you at a gas station and you're like i don't remember that has anyone said anything that you were like i did that <laughs> um not not exactly maybe like um like i said so maybe around i, I mean i spent a lot of time last year kind of kind of stitching together because i it's like i it's like i left i i wrote this down but it's parang i left a collection of the of my memories with basically all of my friends um and so reconnecting with with friends and reminiscing is is a great exercise and a great way to to relive some important memories but yeah in terms of the memories from from the accident so maybe just about just about for accident minus a month what i learned actually from the accident is the core the the stronger memories are the ones with um stronger emotional um connections yes connections attached to it it's funny it's funny because actually this year is is the 10 year anniversary of the, the elements music camp have you heard of that yes yes so it, is, it, is it going to happen still no no it's what is what is elements music camp Okay, Elements Music Camp is 10 years ago. Ryan Kayabyab and um Twinkie Lagdamer and Junsi, they put up this Elements Music Camp to invite 60 singer-songwriters from Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao all to come to Dumaguete and to have this 5-day camp. My batchmates were Bullet were you the first? Doom. Sorry, were you the first? Yeah, batch? yeah, first batch. Whoa. So you know, I was with Bullet Dumas. I was with Hans de Mayuga. Abies. Legends. So guys. yeah, and a lot of camp. It's funny because ten years ago I was part of that camp, and then since I brought my camera, I shot everything, and then they liked the video so much, so they hired me. So I got to shoot. After all the all the camps after for the for five years, so I was there, um, able to shoot 
all of the camps as well. So that's one of the actually one of the songs that I'm um really will be released on on Spotify is nice. is a song that was recorded there. Um, it's called Manila, and um, I, Manila. I actually have um I have Ryan Kebab also singing in that song as well, and a bunch of other campers and and mentors. So Fantastic. I'm I'm actually psyched about that. So yeah, fun. Yeah, you should be. That's amazing. Has music? Would you say that music is a source of healing in your journey? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, playing music is is therapeutic. And then, but let's put it this way: before the accident, I was gigging like like weekly, like two set gigs. I'd be like, I'd pile through two sets single handedly. With a looper pedal and just in a bar, and it was like it was my life basically. I remember. And then, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, um, in like Poblacion, because Mandaluyong, I, I go to Poblacion, and then, you know, it's in that area. It's basically my life, and then, and then, when accident happened, it's like boom! It's like, it's like, like the universe, kind of. Slapped me in the face, and God gave me a sign and said, "Yo, slow down." Because I realized this when I actually visited my apartment. When I visited my apartment after the accident, I realized I realized it hit me like, "Whoa!" My mind was in a different, in a million different places, busy with a million different things. I was like, "What the hell?" What was I thinking? Like I was like all over the place, and it 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 kind of felt like maybe this is, like this was a a reset or something. So, and like I said, the songs I'm I'm releasing now, it's like I've I haven't released I haven't released an a proper album or anything. So yeah, the stuff I I'm releasing soon are actually songs. I'm trying to get some of the old songs first out of the way, but then so I can move into the newer stuff. So yeah, I'm excited about that. So the it's more of like um, may R and B, may pagka hip hop, basta you'll see, you'll see, Exciting. you'll see. I'm super excited. <laughs> so you're going linearly. You're you're working with your older material, and you're going to the yeah, kind of making sure for me lang for me just just. For me, to, parang number one is get get it out of the way. Like I wanna get it out now and then move on to the stuff that now. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. Sweet. Looking forward to it. And do you have any advice for budding musicians or just any artists or people in general who are looking to hone their creative skills? Make sure that you have output. Make sure that you have something to deliver. Make sure that it's measurable. That you have something, something that you can peg down. That okay, tapos na to. By a done. certain date. Something like that. It's that's something I learned. Also, it's very important. Okay, that it's easy to get lost in so many different things, but make sure that you have delivered. Make sure that you ship. You ship it uh, by a certain time or date, and so that's what basically that's what I'm doing now. So every month I'm gonna be releasing something, and I'll and Spotify. 
because when when I was growing up, CD yung album, de ba? So that that's <laughs> that's how that's how that's your sign of um of graduation, so so to speak. Like you have like an album, a physical it's the, album, the physical manifestation of what you've been working on. Exactly, that's like a diploma, <laughs> diploma, parang ganon. So now it's like okay, now now it's like okay. This is this is like now um, seeing into the whole into the, this whole Spotify thing. Okay, uh, and Spotify and as well as um, like YouTube and um, whatever videos and and audio. And um, so there's there there are there are at least there are some um, there are some solid milestones that um, that you can that uh, I am looking forward to releasing. We're super looking forward to that. And music aside, do you have anything else that you're looking forward to in this next new phase of your life? Yeah. So. <laughs> It's funny because everyone, like a lot of, a lot of questions I get asked is like, "Oh, what happened on the other side? What do you remember? What do you remember?" So, between you guys, you and me, lang, I mean, I'm I've started to like write down sort of like essays and stuff. I don't know. So I I like I'm just I'm just uh, blurting this out, but maybe 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 um. I'd like to put together like an a book, maybe. Whoa. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll see. Wait, so is that off the record? That's a great idea. Is that off um, the record, or is that can we? Just an idea. It? Um, <laughs> no, maybe. Uh, Why not put it out there? No harm, though. It's not, like, <laughs> it's not like you have a deadline, and you know we would love to have one of your essays. Up on the grounded website, right, Mariks? Grounded would story. love it. Grounded journal. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's talk, let's talk. Let's talk. About let's that. talk. <laughs> but no pressure. No pressure, dude. Yes, please. No pressure. So JM, you talked about you know having all these things that you're doing, and it's easy to get lost. And I, for one, totally know that feeling. It's always about finding balance. What? When you go through those stumbling blocks or when you're kind of lost in everything that you're doing and you kind of need to produce output, where do you find your inspiration? What motivates you when you really need the motivation or what grounds you? Where do you go retreat back to to start you know, being productive and efficient again? Right. Um, I am a very, you could say I, I, I'm physical. I tend to center myself through through working out or through like yoga i'm physical that way so i like just before this this interview i i i had some calisthenics and stuff so i tend to i tend to um rely on a physical i guess active active thing to get me um centered i guess i guess it's a way to to ground myself and my spirit um is through my to through to my body i guess that's basically it yeah I, i'm i'm very similar i go back to doing yoga or meditation or even a workout it really does ground me and center me and 
gives me the endorphins and clarity. So I totally get you. Nothing like endorphins. JM, anything else you'd like to add? This parting words, last words for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, message to everyone listening. Message, message. Keep it simple. Like, I don't know. I guess like every morning for me personally, it's just about finding that one thing that you're grateful for. And for me, yeah, being alive is something that I, I am grateful for. And, and, and the love of my family and the love of friends. I mean, like, actually, this is something I mentioned before. Like, I do not have enough thanks to give to everyone who has supported me during the accident, I guess. And so it's like I I can only move forward by creating and um, basically all of the things that I do, all of the projects I do now is basically to give back for all of the all of the blessings and the life that was given to me. Yeah, that you know, JM, when you got into your accident, we and everyone knew about it and all your friends were doing everything they can, where they were doing gigs, like putting fundraisers together. And you can just tell that what a positive impact you've had in everybody's lives. Even if we've only met a few times, like all I remember was you radiating positivity, being happy. Good vibes. Good vibes. Okay. And it was just so unreal that you were in a coma. Everyone was praying for you. Everyone was rooting for you. And you could tell that you were just, you are just so, so, so loved. And it wasn't your time. And you're, you still have more things that, you know, God has planned for you. So it's just, I'm just so grateful to be talking to you right now and that you're here. And, you know, life is good. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That line, that lineup through that through that um, fundraiser. When I saw the lineup, I was like, "What? Yeah. I wish I could have been there." <laughs> what? Crappy lineup. Aww. But yeah, a lot of them were from the Elements Camp, actually. Aww. So yeah, that's yeah. why ten years, ten yeah. years on. So yeah, it's all about the relationships, right? And the impact Amen. you have on other people. How much you can give, really. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story. And thank God you're still here and that we all get to live to see another day. And thank you for imparting, you know, those wise words of everything you've learned from this really crazy, life-changing experience. Yeah. It's also yeah. a good reminder just to be grateful and to count our blessings, although we hear it all the time and we're probably desensitized to things like that, but it's really so basic and so important. And it's some it's a tool that is going to get us through difficult times like now. And it just goes yes. back to being grateful and knowing that we're still alive and we're still here and there's so much more to do and so much more love to give. So yeah, I think yes. it's a great message for people to hear right now because we are all going through a difficult time one some way or another yeah you know Amen. how you said you had a restart earlier the right. world is going yeah. through its now own we're all having a restart <laughs> amen yeah it's funny um i have one more thing it's like i i'm technically 
I've I'm I've known to be an extrovert, but in the past couple of years staying home here, I got in touch with my introvert side. And actually it is that is something that is actually kind of wonderful because getting in touch with your inner spirituality and and basically with yourself is that is a welcome exchange as well and i feel that's happening to the world now with this whole crisis everything everyone and the whole and everything and everyone is kind of focused now inwards so it's a great opportunity yeah we're faced with ourselves now amen yeah jm thank you so much wow thank you for inspiring all of us thank you guys Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode of Grounded Radio.